been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. You know, I was one of the fortunate kids in the Christmas season of 1977, Barb, um, where my mother had the, I guess, the, the foresight... Or the force side, as it might have been. She she somehow found the original Star Wars Kenner action figures that were available on the store shelves. And I remember her bringing those home. And I didn't realize, of course, at the time that there was actually this thing called the early bird package, right? Are you, are you familiar with this, Barb? I'm familiar mm. with the Kenner. Okay, so the, so the yeah. early bird thing. So those of you who aren't familiar with it. So in Kenner, uh, during 1977 Christmas, they didn't have enough Mm-mm. action figures made up mm-hmm. so they actually sold what was the the early bird gift certificate so parents actually chunked down change for figures <laughs> they didn't actually have and their kids opened up on christmas morning a gift certificate <laughs> oh. called the the early bird gift certificate and it, it had you could get them for whichever figures but of course there was there was 12 and they're actually for those of you that haven't seen pictures of the studio wall they're actually hanging on the wall in a nice display case uh, above my right shoulder. So here's what happened. I, they took a page out of their playbook from 1977 because it clearly worked again this last week. And as many of you who are listening know, Disney Plus started taking signups. Mm-hmm. And they had a great package where you could actually purchase three years in advance. That's right. For something mm-hmm. that doesn't <laughs> start until November, which is the time we're recording is about two months away, a little more than two months away. Mm. And um, I confess, I, I fell into the trap. Oh, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I paid for three <laughs> years for something that isn't even around yet. And Barb, you said when you walked in the studio tonight, you did the same. I did. I jumped on that four bucks a month for three years. I'm locking in that deal. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but All you... All right, well, what's, if Howie Mandel asks you to lock in the deal... <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even my husband said... And this is this is a big step for my husband to say yeah. this. Yeah. He's like... Wow, that is a good deal. Whoa, whoa. And I was like, that's right. It yeah. unfortunately took up my birthday present from him, which my birthday's in the beginning of November. So, wow. But yeah, I did it. <laughs> Dear listeners, if perhaps you have some <laughs> spare change at the end of this month, <laughs> perhaps you could send Barb the Canadian a gift. Just DM us or hit us up in Gmail or leave a message for us on our. USW World Headquarters hotline, and we'll make sure to get her home address. Oh, gosh. Pictures of her kids. Anything else you need to identify <laughs> her Jeez. so you too can get her a birthday gift that's not just <laughs> Disney, Disney Plus. streaming for, for, for three years. Uh, now, Eve, you said you, you didn't mm. jump on it. You, you decided, you know what my family <laughs> likes to do? My family doesn't really, we're not into the whole saving money thing. <laughs> um, we want we want to pay full price, damn it. Um, and, and so tell us about that decision. That was a quick conversation. I turned around to Andrew and I said, hey, 
we getting on this deal? And he said, nah, we're just going to do the $69 a year oh, I thing. That's fine. I want to pay full <laughs> price, darn it. No, but do you know what happened? <laughs> this is the this is the mentality. I love it so much, but it's 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 costing savings. I get that. But as soon as he was like, oh, the price is $69.99 or $69. Nice. Wow. I was like, are you really wow. doing it? Because and he was like, no, no. But maybe, but no. And I'm like... There's literally parents right now that are having to make the decision whether they keep their hands on the steering wheel or cover their children's ears. <laughs> for that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Carl, what, what yeah. did you decide? Did you decide that this was going to be something that you would uh, invest in? Is it something that you're going to wait for later? Or quite frankly, Carl, is it something where you're just going to use somebody else's login? Uh, I actually, we pulled the trigger and went ahead and got it as well. Wow. Uh, we no. had just... We just stopped getting it with cable. We um, and so we we have like two streaming services now. So we were like, yeah, this will be great. And my son saw the Mandalorian uh, trailer, and he's like, when is that coming on? We got to see that. So wow. we went ahead and did it. Now he probably won't get to uh, play soccer this Saturday because we have to pay the whole fee to get his uniform. So you know, as you're sending money to bar, maybe you can send some our way too. So <laughs> yeah. little gains can play <laughs> soccer this Saturday. But other than that, we're cool. Well, and, and listen, young lad, um, priorities. One day <laughs> when you're buying your own toothpaste and toilet paper, you understand. Mm-hmm. The kids can wait. Daddy's toys come first. There you go. Listen, listeners, we have got some fun uh, lined up for tonight. We're, we're on the cusp of episode 200. I don't know how this podcast has continued to chug along for nearly 200 consecutive weeks. My goodness, it's hard to look back and believe that that is actually about ready to take place. So for those of you that have been with us this entire ride or close to, thank you. For those of you that are getting on the USW train somewhere in between episode one and episode 200, we welcome you also. Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to um, play a game and we're going to then jump into our closer look segment and I'm kind of excited about this Closer Look segment because a lot of talk's been happening about Disney+. Plus and we've got uh, Obi-Wan was just announced at D23. We've got all kinds of cool stuff coming out. And it kind of occurred to me, well, how will Disney+, Plus and all these streamed live-action Star Wars shows, how will it actually affect fandom? I think that there might be more to it than we're initially kind of thinking. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, um, dear fans, I think... It is. It's time to jump into our game of the week. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's time. It's a new game that is hotter than the daily special at Dex's Diner, listeners. But without all the bloating and last-minute trips to the bathroom, am I right? <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about Star Wars fans. It's time for something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Here's how gameplay works. Contestants, which includes Barb the Canadian, Carl, the Thunder from Down Under, and always representing the East Coast and all Wawas in the Northeast, the one and only <laughs> Impus Eve. Here's how it works. Contestants, you're going to identify something for each one of the prompts that I give you. For example, under the label of something old, your job is to give me something from Star Wars that you would be willing to give up. Right? Something that you would maybe want to just take a set of tweezers and yank out of canon, throw it away, pretend like it never happened, right? (laughs) Then, of course, something new. What would you add to Star Wars canon? The possibilities are limitless. 
And then, of course, we get to something borrowed. I want you to think of either a character. I want you to think of maybe a story arc from anything that is not Star Wars related and bring it into Star Wars and tell us how it fit. And then finally, something blue. Tell us, oh contestants, where in Star Wars does your heart start to weep a little bit? So with that, let's get into our very first edition of something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. It's nobody's surprise that I'm going to start with the woman right next to me. She is Barb the Canadian. So, Barb, yes. give us, first off, your something old. What would you want to take and get rid of when it comes to Star Wars canon? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with me on this one, and it would definitely be Jar Jar Binks. Whoa! And and the entire Gungan race. Whoa! Ooh, (laughs) genocide right here. Oh, gosh, everybody's going to at me now. I know, I know. They wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won the battle without the Gungans. You don't understand. (laughs) I know. I'm terrible. I'm. I'm terrible. I. Why? I. Okay. The entire Gungan race. (laughs) I just pictured you standing next to Kylo Ren, activating Star Killer base, going, "No, no, no! Get the Gungans first! Get the Gungans first! Okay, here's here's my here's my thinking before every. uh, Gosh, can we edit that out now? Mm. Golly, everybody's gonna. (laughs) We're keeping it. It's on loop. Yeah, everybody's gonna at me. Yep. Okay, n- now here's the thing. Like, I love the actor, and I think that they. I think that's a bunch of. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna push back on that. You're just saying that. You're just saying that. Oh Who my is the gosh. actor? Who's the actor? I can't remember. Yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, Bart. The actor's name is Ahmad. Ahmad no, no, Best. He was at Celebration, and I was so glad he was there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, the nameless guy I would remove from Star Wars. Yeah. This is what happens when you come to me first. Yes, um, you're welcome. I honestly, yes, keep going I first. I think we could keep Ahmed Best mm-hmm. and have him do a much better alien and alien race. So I, he didn't do well enough the first time, in your opinion? No, as an actor, <laughs> he did fine. I think that the parameters of the character and the Gungans mm. was terrible. I think what I'm saying is mm-hmm. they could have beefed up that entire section of the movie and just made it not so childish. Wow. Barb blowing both barrels, coming out of the gates strong tonight. I think I just threw my nice Canadian-ness <sighs> yeah, out the window yeah. with that you, statement. You've just caused mm. an international dilemma. Everybody's going to hate me now. <laughs> oh, come on, Barb. Ah, you're yeah. right. Why can't I hide that? Um, <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> Carl, I'm tempted just to like, kind of like linger yeah. on this for a while. Um, yeah, it goes. But, yeah, I've got to go get a drink real quick. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Carl, something old. Mm. What what would you ever so gingerly tweeze out of Star Wars canon and pitch into the waste bucket? I probably have to go with the Jedi Rock song from the uh, special edition Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Now, is it because you don't like that particular song, or is it more because of what it replaces from the original? Uh, mostly because mm-hmm. I just don't like that particular mm-hmm. song. Um, you know, and that's, you know, you knew even, I had a second, I had to think about it too. Cause you, when you mentioned Dex's diner, I was like, Oh, that's one too. And basically it's because it's like, 
trying to be something that's too much of our world. You know, Dex's Diner looks exactly like a 50s diner, mm. you know, down to like roller skating, right. waitress and right. stuff. Right. So right. it's like, you know, it's like when, when you do that, it takes me, you know, out of it. And and they were trying to be a little too cool with Jedi Rocks, too. And, and it just <laughs> it's just something that they were, you know, it's like when you try to do a Barney song, you know, you try to rap on Barney <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's a rap song, and everybody, that's, that's, the, that's the, you know, hip-hop is what's cool now, but that is so far away from actual hip-hop or rap that it's terrible. So, you know, <laughs> you know, just, you know, the, you know, because you think about New Hope and um, going to the Cantina, and that song, you know, the Cantina band song, yeah. is like, it's, you know, it fits. You know, they just did something that wasn't trying to be too, like, just like our world. It was just, it made its own sound, and it was similar to stuff we hear here, but it was cool, and it was classic and it, it filled its own way but when mm. you know it got a little crazy with jedi rock so we could just pull that out of there i i can't push back against there and thank you for the barney reference uh that, that yeah. that's coming strong i'm wondering though carl from your perspective do you think that there is room for maybe a, a riff on a barney song but starring jar jar binks <laughs> oh yes you still love me sir Barbara's shaking her head. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's icky feels. Oh, man. No. Okay, all right. So we've got an entire race deleted. <laughs> I just mean they could have done a better job. And we've got one song. All right, all right, all right. So, Eve, uh, I'm going to bring things over your way. Somewhere between an entire race and a song. What, what are you, you going to get rid of? <laughs> I am just taking it out of the movie, not out of the actual You're not universe, actually killing millions of Gungans. All right. Little no, I am Gungans not. Not tonight. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, Maz Kanata in The Last Jedi was oh. a total joke. Mm. I can't. I can't push yeah, back that, on that. That's a good call. Yeah, I just... She was this ancient, wise, wisdomful... Just there was so much depth yeah. to her in the Force Awakens, and then she was a total joke. In yeah, yeah, she went from so. to like Blanche from the Golden Girls all of a sudden, just very sassy and. Mm. Yeah, no, just throw it out. I, I, I liked her there. I'll just say I, I liked her there. Did I'm not being a minority, but I, I yeah. So okay, so Carl, I want to push back on that then because mm. I, I mm. like the <laughs> Moscanada we got in the Force Awakens. So yeah, you thought that was consistent with the character? Mm. Yeah, I mean, because it was you know, she was like. Chewbacca's my, you know, boyfriend. I want to know where he is. How's he doing? I love that Wookiee. Yeah. And then, but Han's like scared of her. So there is something intimidating about her, but we didn't really see it there, you know, in her place. And so the fact that, you know, and then as we get into The Last Jedi, you know, not only was Chewbacca her boyfriend, but was so that was the guy that the, the expert uh, cracker right. there that they right. were looking for. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, mm. all kinds of different things like that. So it just added to her that, yeah, she was a bartender there and she owned the place, but she also... Yeah, you know, she was also formidable in her own right. She could, you know, you know, negotiate aggressively with the best of mm. them, and and you know, and she had plenty of you know men all over the universe or galaxy that she's had broken <laughs> string of broken hearts. Mm. So I, I thought it kind of made the character a little bit, you know, more fleshed out. Interesting. You're you're forcing mm. me to rewatch that through a new lens. Okay. As I of course will rewatch nope. Phantom Menace. <laughs> With just imagining the obliteration of an entire race. I am never going to live this down. I'm, I'm like almost sick yes. to my stomach that I even said it now. Mm-hmm. This is what your I mean, games can, do to me. Well, you're welcome. Can you, can you build a Death Star or Star Killer that just like takes out part of the planet? It's like we'll leave the yeah. people, uh, you know, the the people, the regular humanoid looking. We'll let them have, live like, and Star Killer yeah. base maybe just shoot into the 
lake and just boil it <laughs> water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. I'm just saying they could have been cooler. What What happens if like boiled gungan turned up on Dex's menu as a special today? <laughs> oh god! All because of Barb. Oh, All because of Barb. Whatever. Oh my goodness! All right, so here, mm. honestly, mm-hmm. this wasn't even that tough for me. I think the one thing that I would take out of Star Wars would be the weird Luke and Leia kissing stuff. But they didn't oh. even know. Yes. Carl, you live in Alabama. Uh, is, that <laughs> yeah. of the, um, is, that, is that part of the rules? Like, if you don't know and you're kissing your sister, it's all right? If you don't know. Oh, in Alabama, you, you can know. It's still fine. <laughs> I mean, that's not part of the rules. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's actually better if you do know. Wow, yeah. yeah. So, right. anyway. You know what you're getting. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Um, Barb, now, seriously, now, I don't want to pick on you too much. Of course I do. Um, but at the same time, I, so you think because they didn't know that, like, that's okay? Absolutely. I mean, I, wow. They they had no idea. And she was actually, when you look at the kiss, she was trying to yes, make a point. Yes, say more. I can tell you've broken it down frame by yes, frame. Yes, I have. Because yes. she, she was trying <laughs> to make a point. Yeah. To Han. To Han. Yeah. And she wasn't, it wasn't actually a romantic kiss, even though she didn't even know that he was her brother. Mm. It was to jab at Han. Just on know? the lips. And she was yeah. already falling in love with Han. Mm-hmm. And this was her way to get back at him. Mm. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's fine. She yeah. didn't know. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick with that, though. I'm going to say, well, let's get rid of the brother and sister. Alabama delight, as we'll just kind of label it. Um, I totally disagree with you. Well, that's okay. I can at least put my head on the pillow tonight knowing I didn't want to commit genocide for an entire race of underwater beings. <laughs> I actually remember saying that to my brother when I was younger. That because... you wanted to commit genocide? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we only owned Empire Strikes Back, but yeah. I knew that they were brother and sister, and I'd say to him, I'm like, why are they kissing if they're brother and sister? Yeah. And he's like, well, they don't know. Yeah. So did you kiss your brother after that? <laughs> no. Oh. Well, see, just, I had to ask. I mean, you led with the illustration. I wanted to follow through. For our listeners, they expect investigative reporting. Um, all right, Barb. Guess yes. what? Coming back around. Of course. Here it goes. So we got through something old. We got to get something new now. So what do you want to bring into Star Wars? It could be a type of character. It could be a storyline. It could be basically anything Okay. Except more genocide. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, let's bring more of that in. So off air, you know that I was really struggling with this one. Right. So I've come up with an idea, and in all honesty, it's more of a joke, mm-hmm. just like my last one was, which... Oh, yes. <laughs> apparently. It's not going to be interpreted that way. <laughs> Wipe out a whole race. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? Boil the seas. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so something new. I was like, you know what the entire galaxy of Star Wars does not have is <laughs> a sport to root for that's across mm, the galaxy. Wow. Because when you look at Harry Potter mm-hmm. and J.K. Rowling, oh, she sure. came up with an entire sport that was all within the witching community. Yeah. Star Wars mm. does not have that. They have pod racing. They have, you know bar type games and chess type games but they don't have a universal sport interesting hmm. so a i really think, good observation i think they should bring that mm. into star wars and have you know people really uh, an entire <laughs> an entire movie dedicated <laughs> to uh yeah 
All the right moves or something, yeah. All the right moves? <laughs> I don't know. Tom Cruise? <laughs> Craig T. Nelson? Mm. Um, okay, so do you have an idea of what that game would look like, though, since, you know, Quidditch is taken? Yeah, Quidditch is taken, and I was trying to think of that. I'm like, okay, what would it look like? And I was thinking of something with some type of lasers involved and and some <laughs> type of... <laughs> I don't know. Putting I don't Gungans in front of lasers. <laughs> Seeing if they make it across well, the field. It could it could be like, you know, because it's the Star Wars universe, yeah. it could be like gladiators okay. where they're actually dying. Like American gladiators. Oh. Not American gladiator, okay, like, like Roman gladiators. Roman gladiators. Okay. I thought you meant like the nineteen nineties. <laughs> I never TV said nineteen I said gladiators. I was just clarifying. Relax. <laughs> You've got me all tense now, I like I have tell. to defend myself. I feel like Geppetto pulling strings. Um <laughs> All right, so gladiator style, I like that. That's something that might actually fit into where maybe some of the stuff is heading on Disney+. Plus. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Mm-hmm. All right, Eve, I'm going to come to you now. Something new. Mm. What are you, you going to bring to canon? <laughs> I'm going tropey. I'm going tropey. Hallmark style oh, holidays. <laughs> wow. There's no. We never know if there's seasons or months. Like, we yeah. just don't. That's 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 where I'm rooted in movies yeah. that well, I we know watch. We don't have life day. We don't have life time. day. As, as yes, a holiday. But that's a is that a holiday or just Imperial a day? Imperial day. Is that a holiday? It is a holiday. Like, is everybody celebrating I mean, I'm that? Sure they, you know, I mean, they were required to. They probably get like time and a half or exactly time to work on it. But sure, <laughs> the Imperial Union. Yeah. All right. So you, you want to bring a holiday and or seasons into the Star Wars galaxy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I I'd be curious if they have any of the same problem problems air quotes as we have here in our world, like shopping. Well, shopping or <laughs> yeah, like black like black hurricane Friday, season Sith Friday, um, or if they um, you know if there's like controversy over like red cups at Dexter's that don't say you know Mary whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> Republic holiday it is. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. All right. So I like that. I like that. All right. We're, we're, we've got mm. some momentum here. Carl, what are you going to bring to? What are you going to add to? What's your something new for the Star Wars galaxy? Well, it's not so much like an actual thing in canon, but it was just I would like to have a lot more crossover. I mean, I want to bring, like, Infant's Nest into whatever the next movie might be. I want to pull people from all over the place and and kind of mush mash them up like they do, you know, like like Marvel does. They get their characters and they go one way, Mm. and then they bring them all together and have one big thing. So I would like just a lot more crossover between the animated series. You know, I want to see – I want to see actually Ezra or Sabine or um, uh, just anybody from the animated shows uh, to come in there and be actual live-action people more than just sort of hinted at like they did. I love that they did it in Rogue One, but I want to see them kind of be part of the story, too. So let me just ask this to clarify, then. You know, going with Mm -hmm. the Marvel plan, it's not just a couple of characters show up here and there. It is in regards to, like, Infinity War. Like, we have every character from the beginning of time (laughs) being in this. And so would you want that in Star Wars, or is that just a little bit too far to one end of the spectrum? I mean, if they built it up right... Um, and you probably, you know, and there are time periods where some people are dead and some people are not alive yet. So you couldn't do every character, but I would love to see a large collection of a lot of characters from all across, you know, all the media, you know, um, have Thrawn pop in there live action. Um, just everybody, you know, even Kaz and the, and the new folks on uh, resistance, even though they're canceling that show, but just kind of put everybody together 
Um, and, but like I said, you'd have to sort of build it up to like Marvel did. It took them 10 years to get to something where it was, where they could put everybody in there, but you know, it could be the battle to end all battles mm. and have everybody. That's really fascinating to look at. I know a lot of people are fans of the MCU and how that, that has unfolded. I, I'd be curious and Carl from you or Barb, Eve, mm-hmm. feel free to weigh in on this. But when it comes to that, like we have with Star Wars, we have so many people that did it across different times. Mm-hmm. Whereas MCU, it seems like mm-hmm. everyone pretty much lives in the same time. Granted, we've got, you know, Doctor Strange that can wave his lasso thing and go wherever. And we've got <laughs> Captain America. Uh, can you tell that I'm not a big Marvel guy? And we've got <laughs> Captain America that, you know, is from the 1940s and. All that, but yes. but with that in mind, do you think it would be necessary to have all these characters beforehand going? Okay, we're taking these characters in this time frame with the concept of eventually when we hit the the climax of the story that it's going to be all these characters coming together at the end. Mm. Barbie, say no. It doesn't work for the Star Wars universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just this MCU idea? This MCU idea. Like like what you said, you know, with MCU, they're in the same time. Their their goals are very similar. Now, you know, with Star Wars, you've got the Rebels and then you've got the Empire. Yeah, yeah. But because <clears throat> it spans across time between the prequels, the original series, and the sequel trilogy, it just it doesn't work to have them all together. In and in mm-hmm. what capacity would that even look like? Even with the standalone movies, I, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like Rogue One did a good job of bringing some of the characters that would have been involved that we knew from the original trilogy yeah. into that. But that's the closest that they could do. They yeah. can't do the model the MCU does. So mm-hmm. Carl, what if? Carl. Yeah, what if? What if Han, Luke, and Leia helped Ahsoka and Sabine find? Ezra in the Uncharted area and in Thrawn's there too. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe Snoke's even out there because, you know, he, we seem to think that he came from that direction. So, and who knows if the emperor's out there since we don't know exactly what he's going to be doing uh, in, in the, um, in the rise of Skywalker. But, you know, he did, he did, he did have his plan to send the remnants of his forces to the unknown regions to sort of grow. So, I mean, you can put a, you can't put everybody, but you can put a lot of interesting characters out there and it still sort of fit within the time period. I mean, yeah, that, that actually sounds like a good storyline for after return of the Jedi time. As Um, long as there's no Gungans. Yes. Let's bring, Oh, they're they're They've been wiped out by NASA. (laughs) But, but like, I I think what you're describing, though, Carl, is just another storyline that Star Wars could take it and not necessarily this big hurrah of all Mm -hmm. of the Star Wars universe characters. Like, you you can't get Vader in there. That wouldn't work. Yeah, that wouldn't work, but you could, you know... You could use uh, Anakin Force Ghost Anakin. I mean, I don't know what you could do. I'm saying it couldn't be necessarily be everybody. But that's the thing is that Star Wars doesn't seem to want to. You know, that's another storyline. Yes, but it's a storyline where we're having to actually acknowledge that these all these people are in the same place at the same time, um, and they don't seem to want to mix that. I mean, you know, we would. I would love to see Ahsoka come live action yeah. and fit in that time period, and and, and you know, kind of. You, you could almost go back to battles that were taking place 
between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, and you could do some mm. adventures in that time period through the whole thing. And we know she's around there. We know Sabine's around there. Uh, so, you know, Ezra is off at that time. But you could bring in all these different characters that have come along and um, and, and try to mix them in together. Infant's Nesk, again, she could be in those, you know, she could still be going around trying to um, finance different rebel sex uh, cells or whatever. So there's lots of characters you could pull together, and they just re- seem to refuse to want to do that. And like I said, I think uh, other than maybe Darth Maul at the end of Solo and just the little Cam- the barely even their cameos in Rogue One, they don't really they try to keep all their you know their stuff separate. I think two things just to kind of add to that. One one of the biggest like gratuitous moments for me in Rogue One though is when we see Red Leader and Gold Leader. Yes, I was, yes. I was so shocked to see that. Like that just made my heart so happy. Like even even happier for as amazing as the ending is with Darth Vader. Just mm-hmm. seeing Red Leader and Gold Leader spliced in there just blew my mind. Totally loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing with that, though, right, is I, I kind of tend to, uh, if we get that MCU feel to it, is Star Wars staying mm-hmm. in its lane? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, again, I come mm-hmm. from a very non-comic book <laughs> background. Superheroes mm-hmm. were, never really, like, did it for me. And so mm-hmm. I just wonder, as a Star Wars fan, is like, are they trying to apply something that works spectacularly for Marvel and make it cookie cutter for Star Wars? I don't know. I mean, people that know both universes much better than I would probably have better insight into that. I, I would just be so cautious with the Star Wars characters. I think some, <laughs> some tie-in, like, Carl, you mentioned Ahsoka. You mentioned Impus Ness. I would love to see them in live action. I don't know if I mm-hmm. need everyone descending into the same place at the same time. Of course, I might see that, and it blows my mind, kind of like blowing up Gungans. And, um, <laughs> and it, could be, it could be the best thing since Gungan genocide. So I don't know. I'm, I'm totally open to that. I'm totally yeah. open to that. <laughs> Never living that down. Nope, you're not. Uh, all right, something old, something new, something borrowed. Eve, I'm going to start with you this time. So with something borrowed, we're looking, what would you want to take out of something that's a non-Star Wars franchise or film doesn't have to be an entire <laughs> franchise. Whether it's a character, whether it's a storyline, whether it's a setting, whatever it is, what do you want to take out of and bring into Star Wars? I am a fangirl of a lot of fandoms, <laughs> and some things I would love to just mash up. I don't know if I would do the Marvel thing, but I do. Okay, so an artist, and I will link to his profile and post the art in our blog when this podcast goes live. But an artist a few years back created Vader versus the alien xenomorph queen. And the feels that I felt are still being felt to this day, and it's Mm. been years. So that would be un-effing real to see in a movie. And I know it's just, it's fantasy land, and this is a game, and I'm just going off, you know, my own little path here. But that for me that would be just amazing because they're out in space it kind of feels like it might fit in some weird weird strange way and seeing vader go up against that with a lightsaber would be incredible because they have acid blood so he could he could have a little problem there interesting i'm just saying Mm -hmm. it'd be a good fight do we throw predator in there as well (laughs) alien v predator v no no (laughs) no leave predator alone 
Um, mm. <laughs> okay, so you're not yes. bringing in the Predators. No, I listen. I like Predator, but Alien is my favorite. So right. let's just put him away. For and now. so, just out of curiosity, would you want that to be like a canon, or would it be just like uh, just kind of mm. this legend, this expanded universe idea? Like uh, you know, just happened doesn't mean it like happened. Happened just kind of happened. I feel like giving given the the popularity of both properties, it would probably be canon. But at this point, I would take yeah. anything. Okay, so who wins that battle? I'm not trying to be desperate. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I love them both too much. I can't. I've thought about this. Like, it keeps me up at night sometimes. Wow. <laughs> I'm serious. Because I'm like, you could just use the force. Itself. Things yeah. that keep you awake. Not alien versus yeah. I, I, not I thought Gungan you genocide. would have said Vader hands down i think it would be vader because of the force but if we took the force away i don't know if you force would away, with just a lightsaber just alone asthmatic with a really cool sword <laughs> <laughs> and i'm here to tell you that's nothing to like be that proud of um all right so we're gonna bring in xenomorphs v vader i'm down for that i'm down for that carl how about you what what's something yeah. you can borrow from somewhere else in cinematic history and plop it down smack dab in the middle of star wars well let's get apollo crete oh wait a minute wait a minute they already have um <laughs> so i gotta do something okay no who was also in predator oh yeah that's apollo true Creed v predator <laughs> <laughs> well he was in there too you know he's firing that giant gun um mm. um let's let's you know what's one of the most commonly th- questions asked in star wars it's can you fly that thing? You know, you know, so like Luke was talking about, we could buy our own ship for that. Han's like, who's going to pilot it? You or, you know, when, um, when Poe and Finn were escaping, it's like, can you, can you fly that? Or when Poe and Ray were flying the Millennium Falcon, it's like, can you, so how do we solve that problem? Let's bring in Neo from the Matrix. Oh. So it's just like, oh. he's just like, hey, can you fly that? And he's like, hold on a second. And he's like, Link, I need to know how to fly like a, a Karelian, you know, TY 1300 light freighter. And he's like, you know, gets it all uploaded into his brain. You know, it's like a modem, you know, you know, like an old modem or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could have been in the Police Academy movies. I mean, I'm awesome with sound effects. But so. No, I think we could get Neo in there, and then you know if he, you know, maybe he's one of the guys that's on the ship when Vader's coming in at the end of Rogue One. He's like, "Hold on a second. It's like I, I need to know how to like whip, whip this Sis A over here." He's like, "Okay, yeah." And they download that, and then all of a sudden he knows Kung Fu that could take out Darth Vader. So I think Neo would be really effective in the Star Wars universe. So we need, we need him in there. Wow, there's part of me that wants to build on that and go, "Give me Morpheus v mm. Mace." Um, <laughs> that could be interesting. All right, I, I like it. I like it. So we're bringing in the Matrix. We're bringing in Alien. Barb? One word. <laughs> Genocide. <laughs> <laughs> something with you. Okay. Logan. Logan. Yes. All right. Like Logan's Run from 1979? No, like Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine. Oh, okay. He's Canadian. Okay. Come on. No, Wolverine. Okay. I think that... Star Wars could use a badass mutant. Wow. Just, yeah. 
Okay. It'll be interesting to see if we get anything close to that when we start delving into the Mandalorian. I don't know that they're going to be like straight up mutants per se, but that type of like weaponry and those yeah. type of tactics. Exactly. It's. Big. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the fight style and the yeah. tactics and, you know, specifically for Wolverine, you know, he can heal himself. Yeah. Well, he did. He just heals. He doesn't do it himself. It's yeah. just what his body does. Yeah. And just with the claws and just that in the Star Wars universe would be epic. There would be some pretty I, cool stuff. I think with the that. Jedi could really use mm. a Wolverine. The, the Jedi could use. Oh, so oh yeah. Be like, oh, oh he'd, he'd be a good. He'd, he'd be oh. he'd be on that side for sure. Oh, interesting, fascinating. What about if we did Wolverine v Xenomorph? <laughs> yes or no. Does he have a chance? Lightsaber claws. Lightsaber claws. There we go. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> what do you mean? So we did Xenomorph v Vader. Like Zeno- a fight. Xenomorph v yeah. Wolverine. Does no. Wolverine stand a chance? No. I don't like that idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but do you, does he stand a chance? Does Wolverine stand a chance? Yes, Wolverine stands a chance. Yes. yes. Wolverine. No, we need, to, Could he? we need to let him loose on those Gungans. <laughs> That's what we right. need to do. We're not slicing and dicing. <laughs> but we're talking, we're talking Wolverine not versus Vader, but Wolverine versus... Yeah, okay. or the entire Gungan race. Ooh, but Wolverine versus Vader, what? Barb. Wolverine versus Vader. Who yeah. would win? Vader doesn't stand. Yes. Um, no. Wolverine would win. I don't know because I've seen <laughs> Wolverine up against Magneto, and Magneto, it's almost like he uses the force on Wolverine in a way. So, I, don't, I mean, the Hulk hmm. the Hulk has ripped him in half, and he, like, grew back together. And I think somebody <laughs> annihilated him down to, like, one cell, and he grew back from that. And so it's like, really you know, he might, Wolverine he's just going to wear Maul. Vader down. Yeah, Wolverine v. Maul. Yes. They've been, both yeah. been ripped in half. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, spider legs versus, like, spiky knuckles. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so <laughs> something old, something new, something borrowed. Borrowing from something else. I This this was probably the toughest mm-hmm. one for me. Like, what do I want to see come into the Star Wars universe that already isn't there? I love, 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 love <laughs> historical films that are based on fact. And while Star Wars is fiction, I would love to see Star Wars do some storylines that were based on actual real-world things. Um, there's so many great... Mm. I just read a fascinating, albeit long, book on submarine espionage throughout history. So starting with mm. like the Civil War going to the 21st century. And the amount of things that are now declassified that you can learn about what actually happens underneath the waterline is absolutely incredible, as are so many mm. different um, historical events. And it doesn't necessarily just need to be a war involved, but take, my goodness, almost anything. When it comes to U.S. history, we look at even some really dark moments, and we look at, like, the Trail of Tears in U.S. history. Like, that could be a super powerful thing when it comes to if we're going to have this cultural tie-in and have it be resonant of what people went through in this country and, and perhaps to some levels are, are still experiencing when it comes to racism, inequality, things like that. So I think that there's so many great stories out there that can be brought into Star Wars where you just kind of change the name and the characters, but you've got an incredibly compelling storyline. So that, that, that'd be what I would want to do. All right, something old, something new, something borrowed, something... Blue. 
So we're kind of going to use this as the, the emotional blue. So what, what in Star Wars makes you a little weepy, a little sad, a little dust gets in your eye perhaps, you tell the kids to look away, seasonal allergies, whatever, whatever it might be. <laughs> Carl, let me begin with you this time. What in the Star Wars galaxy makes you a little blue? It's got to be uh, Jen Erso watching the hollow vid mm. from Galen Erso mm. in Rogue One. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, and especially as a parent, you know, I think there's lots of things that didn't get to me when I when I didn't have kids that to get to me now. And that's just one of them. Just kind of thinking about one on her side of it, how she felt abandoned yeah. and didn't really know if her, if her father loved her or not or what he, you know, if he cared more about being uh, important in the Empire than mm. her. And then also, you know, on his end, when he's like talking about, you know, he has, he's, he's almost going to, and you hear it in his voice. He's, he talks about, I don't really have the strength to be telling you this, mm. you know, I'll, you know, and his voice cracks. It's like, but I got to get this out to you. You got to know this information and, and, and just how, you know, how, how emotional he yeah. is. So just on both ends of that, it's sad. Mm. And so, and the acting in that is, is awesome in that whole one scene. So I'd say that is one is the, what makes me blue in star Wars. Yeah, that's a great call. Mm. I, I don't. See how, especially being a parent, that that wouldn't have some type of emotional impact on the viewer. Barb, how about you? What what is something that makes you a little weepy when it comes to Star Wars? Uh, it's so <laughs> hard because there's actually a lot of good mm-hmm. scenes to pull from that yeah. always kind of... We know that genocide isn't one of them, though. <laughs> as, I, as I'll keep moving on. Just so many parts, and I, 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 I'm still struggling to pinpoint which one I should use, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's really vivid in my mind is, and I don't know that I'll have people agree with me on this, but it's in Return of the Jedi when Luke is talking to Leia on Endor in the Ewok village. Mm-hmm. When she comes, oh, I oh, love that, that scene just it rips me apart every time because Luke has got so much almost inner turmoil of like, you know, it's his fault that Vader's here, and mm-hmm. you know, admitting to his newly known sister that Vader is his father and but it's 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 not even that it's it's the it's the part about his mother mm. I never knew my mother mm. um mm. and I think Mark Hamill just does a really good job in that scene yeah. of really nailing the emotion that Luke is feeling yeah. and it gets me every time yeah great that's a great call that's a great call Eve, how about you? Anakin and Obi Wan on yeah. Mustafar wow. at the that end was, of Revenge that was of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. The, from it's start just, to finish, as far as it, when Obi Wan walks off the ship, or within that greater scene, uh, a smaller slice. I mean, it's the whole thing because you need that context and that that backstory to really kind of bowl you over at the very end of it but it's the scene within mm. a scene it's it's the very end it's the high ground it's you know i loved you and just watching someone go so far away from something that you knew mm. and loved is mm. heartbreaking and knowing you can't do anything about it it's just it there's so many real world implications with that and things that i've been through that it's i can't help but just every time mm. i watch it feel it that's a good call i i can't really push back against that I think the one that does it for me and Carl, I'm going to kind of pull a, a page out of your playbook as far as Rogue One goes, but it's it's mm-hmm. the death of K2SO. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I thought about that, I too. Just, I, yeah. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. Um, that is portrayed 
so well in every aspect mm-hmm. from the voice acting to the music to the dialogue mm-hmm. uh, that is actually spoken. I mean, wow. The next, the yeah. next closest thing would be the loss of L three yeah. in Solo. Yeah, I, I cried at yeah. L three yeah. dying. Yeah, and I, so I think I, you know, and mm-hmm. listen, that's one two for me. But I could easily flip flop those around. I mean, I just think those are completely powerful. I mean, more powerful than you can possibly imagine. No, but more powerful than even like when I see <laughs> um, the death of Yoda or mm-hmm. Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to reach back to the prequels, though, when I start seeing. Order sixty six happen. I I do get sad. Like mm-hmm. when I see when it when you yeah. see the realization on the Jedi's face. Yeah. When they realize yeah. it, I'm just like yeah. that. Just that hits me too. So that, like I could go mm-hmm. with any one of those at the top of my list, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's going to be interesting. Somebody. All right, it was Jeremy, the original big deal. He mentioned something <laughs> when he and I were talking <laughs> in our in our break the other day, and as far as I know, it's not a spoiler. I mean, I don't read spoilers. So And I haven't seen anything with this headline in it. So it will be interesting, though. But this is what he noted. He said, you know what's interesting? That is with the marketing we've had, as well as some of the images that have been released as far as, like, official images and stuff, there hasn't been an R2-D2 sighting. Mm. And George Lucas has said time and time again that, you know, he, he wants this portrayed through the droids eyes and so it'll be interesting if this comes to an end with episode nine and it also comes to an end with everyone's favorite astro no 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 well i know i just even even verbalizing that i know you're making me cry just thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) so i it it will be interesting i i like Mm. again to me i'm not considering the spoiler because it was just pure break room conjecture but it was an interesting observation i thought oh my gosh i if, if that happens I, I don't know. My childhood mm. might be ruined, as well as my adulthood. <laughs> JJ takes us on that little magical mystery my, tour. My first and only tattoo is R2-D2. Wow. So, yeah, no. <laughs> wow. Nope. That, that, you, yeah, you were all in on that. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, listeners, we, we want to know from you. You know, you got some thoughts on this? Uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue? Pick one. Let us know what are some of your thoughts are on that. And then, as promised, we're just... Uh, Jumping through the news tonight and going straight to what's coming up next, our Closer Look. Stick around. I'm going in closer to one of the big ones. Closer, closer. Come closer, I have good news. A certain point of view. Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I never ask that question until after I've done it find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Absolutely, Ben. All right, so we've got Disney Plus coming out in just a few short weeks. Many of us have already decided which snacks we're going to have on hand as soon as The Mandalorian rolls episode one. We're going to be there. It looks like we're probably not going to be able to binge it unless we wait. It looks like it's going to be a week-to-week thing. Very smart on their part. Mm -hmm. Unfortunate on mine. (laughs) Nonetheless, this whole idea of Disney Plus got me to really asking, how is Disney Plus going to affect fandom? And I don't just mean, oh, it's going to tell more and better stories or different stories. It's going to allow for representation on screen. All those things are likely to be very true and very accurate. However, my mind went more to the actual runtime that we're going to get to know some of these characters. So, granted, I went to public school, so my math may be a little off, but... <laughs> 
We've got 11 live-action films, including The Rise of Skywalker, coming out December 20th at a theater near you. Roughly, on average, 130 minutes per. Okay, Now, that might not be start to finish because we're not including end credits and all that, but as far as watchable time, roughly 130 minutes per. We take 11 live-action films at 130 minutes per. That comes out to just shy of 24 hours. 12, excuse me, 11 films... 24 hours. Okay, got that? Hold that number there. Now, here's what we've got so far promised with Disney+. Plus. We know that we've got at least two seasons of The Mandalorian. They're working on season two now. We know that we've got at least one season of Cassian Andor. We know we've got at least one season of Obi-Wan. We also know that Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau are working together and collaborating on an animated series although I don't know if that's confirmed for Disney Plus yet or not. So we're just going to put that off to the side. We realize that, and we realize that the final season of Clone Wars is coming, but we're just talking about the three live-action Disney Plus series that we for sure know about. Mandalorian, Seasons 1 and 2, Cassian Andor, Obi-Wan. Now, mm. early reports regarding The Mandalorian have said likely to be eight, maybe nine episodes. I'm going to go on the low end of this and say eight episodes, and I'm also going to go on the low end of this and say 45 minutes per they very well could be over that, but for tonight's closer look, I wanted to kind of figure low. So here's what we've got. If we've got two seasons of The Mandalorian, one season of Cassian, Cassian Andor, one season of Obi-Wan, and we're averaging eight episodes per at 45 minutes each, okay, that's roughly 360 minutes of live action per show, per season. We multiply that, mm. and we're going to come out with... <laughs> All right, so stay with me with the math in. So we've got basically three seasons, two of The Mandalorian, one of Cassian Andor, one of Obi-Wan. Figuring low, mm. eight episodes each, 45 minutes per episode. That's going to come out to roughly, you guessed it, dear listener, right around 24 hours of total live-action airtime. So we've got, in, in one hand, we've got 42 years worth of live-action cinematic <laughs> footage that's going to be equaled within the first 18 months of Disney Plus, as far as runtime goes. I did that math, and it absolutely blew my mind. We don't even need to talk about if Disney Plus is going to be around in 42 years and they're still pumping out Star Wars stuff. Let's just start with this first 18 months versus 42 years of cinema history. If, if we're looking at that, and granted, listen, I know that we've got Ryan Johnson films, and we've got Benioff and Weiss films or trilogy coming out at some point, but we don't know anything about those. In fact, release dates are so far out in the nebulous that we're not going to include them tonight. So looking at runtime, mm -hmm. we look at our love for whatever character. Pick your characters that you love most, right? Whether it's Luke Skywalker, Han, Leia, whether it's Padme, whether it's Ipus Ness, whomever it is, we're going to get some new characters that we're going to be spending a lot more time with on a week-in, week-out episode, right? Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of mm -hmm. the, the genesis of this conversation tonight when we look at how will Disney Plus affect fandom. And so let me just kind of get the ball rolling now that we've got our, our context and our groundwork laid out. Let me begin with this. So to what extent does runtime actually impact fandom? And to go a little further, will we come to have a higher love of some of the streaming characters simply because we're spending more time with them? And so... With that in mind, Carl, let me throw that to you first. When it comes to runtime, mm -hmm. how do you think yeah. that runtime impacts your individual fandom as far as 
your time spent with individual characters? Well, I think it improves and, and increases my love for the character the more time I spend with them, especially if they make them dynamic and, and there be there's some sort of change or arc. And, you know, just kind of to give an example, you think about Ahsoka and, you know, the the idea is that most people, and I, I'm right there with what the um, the idea was that everybody who saw her at first was like, nope, that's the, that. What, why are we wasting time on this character? Let's focus on um, Anakin and Obi Wan. But she was, you know, she was young and she was irritating. But again, most you know, young teenager type uh, kids in the real world are that way too. And we see them grow and mature, and then they to the person that they become. And we watched her do that, and and she's become one of my favorite characters. You know, from that. From just seeing her on the Clone Wars and Rebels. So being able to spend time with her, seeing a lot of different things that the character may face, see them improve, learn from it, uh, mature, uh, and and to, I guess, to I guess to their fullest potential, I think that helps us really appreciate and love the characters more. So I think the more runtime, <clears throat> the bigger, the greater the love for the character. I love that, and I'm going to push pause with you on that because I'm going to come back to your comments and your insights in just a moment. But before I do, mm. Barb, from your perspective, to what degree does runtime and the time you spend with characters actually, I guess, cause you to enjoy them more, relate with them more? And granted, what this obviously this doesn't call into account is, but I've seen the original Star Wars 300 times, right? Right. So we're just talking <laughs> about runtime one one viewing. So I understand your question, but I think it actually is is better understood in terms of what what is the method that reaches the audience in the time that we are in. Great. Let's go with that. Because, you know, when Star Wars first came out, going to the movie was such um, a un- – not, not unique, but it was just much more special than it is now. Sure. Because you couldn't mm. – you couldn't experience mm-hmm. – film or television, mm. television shows, the way you could when you went to the theater and sure. watched sure. Um, a two-and-a-half-hour movie that was absolutely epic. Well, and, and just standing in line, right? And exactly. There's, not having a device to look down at. Well, there's there's so <laughs> much said about that and the fact that, you know, that when we're looking at um, these nine movies plus the standalone So 11 movies, you know, it's taking on this framework that is so ingrained in culture from so long ago and we're comparing it with a very new phenomenon mm. in pop culture yeah. which is binge TV watching mm. yeah. binging shows um, networks and streaming services putting out entire seasons which now are condensed to eight episodes which right. is even different from a regular television series which was 22 to 24 episodes right, a year right, right. Um, mm-hmm. so you're just takes on more than just runtime. It takes on an entire experience of the show that you're watching. And I think people, um, and I've read several articles about this, people are moving more towards television series because of the investment that they can do in characters that film just can't do anymore. Yeah. And so many mm-hmm. people are enjoying staying home the comfort of their couch and their big screen TV and being able to watch what in essence is like an eight hour movie all at once. 
<laughs> and you know, either you binge it or if it's HBO and Disney Plus is going to take this on where you if you want to watch it the night it comes out, you're going to have to wait a week. Right. You still are experiencing it in a much different way and it your investment in the characters is is very different from the format that the original trilogy and beyond took. Yeah. And so I think to me it it doesn't come down to a runtime comparison. It comes to the fact that this live streaming service can do something with these characters that we've not experienced in the nine episodes and the two standalones, which is really delving deep into specific characters uh, beyond just the action-packed that we get in a movie and the quick moving plot, mm. but really, you know, you know, and Re- Rebels did this too, but Rebels is animated, and I, I think it's just taking the the framework of what Rebels did into a live action that can be even more in depth and encompassing for uh, the viewer to really invest in, and I just find it hard comparing that to what Star Wars is. I mm. think it's gonna it's gonna give us as fans, a very new appreciation of the Star Wars galaxy and the characters that they're going to delve into. Yeah. But I, I just can't see it as a comparison of, oh, I'm, I'm spending more time now with this character than I did with the characters in the episodic movies. Yeah. It's just it's too different for hmm. me to be e- even compare that. Well, I think you bring up a lot of great points. In, in fact, some of the things that crossed my mind as you were talking, I think the last movie I stood in line for was Return of the King. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Wow. you know, what was scary and magical was not just being quite literally about a half a mile from the beginning <laughs> of, or the, the entrance of the theater or standing in line, mm-hmm. but not knowing if you're going to have a seat, mm-hmm. hoping you were just going to like mm-hmm. there'd be enough mm-hmm. tickets left or, or whatever else it was. And while that is something we don't need to worry about today because we can just tap, tap, tap on our phone and pick our seats and everything's taken care of. We arrive five minutes before, go to the Rite Aid or the CVS next door, stuff our cargo pants full of candies at greatly reduced prices, and then go to the theater. And I agree, things have changed. Now, we have this weird thing, though, with social media now, right? Whereas people would congregate before in line and stuff, now they're doing it live streaming, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to be part of we're the watch parties, and we're going we're gonna to live stream as we watch. So, Two very different experiences. I wonder, though, because you brought up Rebels. And Rebels, I was not into when Rebels first began. Mm -hmm. I gave it the proverbial eye roll. (laughs) Then I started actually watching it. And Rebels, the character in Rebels grew tremendously. The storytelling grew tremendously. Yes. But the other thing for Mm -hmm. it was because I was spending so much time week after week after week for four seasons with those characters. Uh-huh. Like For me and my affinity for Rebels, runtime mattered. Mm-hmm. If it had been a one-season uh-huh. deal, I'm, I don't even know if I would have watched it. But when it caught uh-huh. so much attention and so many people that I know and trust when it comes to their Star Wars taste were like into it would be the understatement of the podcast. And so for me, I'm just like, oh, well, actually, runtime does impact mine. Not that it does impact yours but it definitely impacts mine yeah but i but i think it Mm. goes along too with like of course runtime's gonna affect you because you're getting to know these characters and investing in them and that's what i'm saying is more of the clincher is that 
yes. Yeah, so it it does come to okay, we're spending more time with these yeah. characters and investing in them, but you you just can't do that in movies. Yeah. Eve, I'm I'm curious because you <laughs> are single handedly responsible or guilty, depending on how you want to look at it, for for getting me <laughs> to watch series such as Game of Thrones, such as Vice Principles, mm-hmm. such as Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Breaking yeah, Bad. And so here, here's the natural <laughs> thing that that was a television show that came out mm-hmm. weekly. I believe the last. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? That was the last season was actually streamed or no. Um, no, I think it was still weekly. Okay. I remember having to wait. Yeah. Okay. So nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's probably just because I watched it on a streaming service. So that's why <laughs> I, I went to that. But so, so nonetheless, <laughs> here's something that started off as a serial, but mm-hmm. lo and behold, we're going to get a film out of it come mm-hmm. this October. So Eve, I, I'd love to know from your perspective, do you think mm. that as we grow fonder of some of these characters or some of these storylines, we're going to get to know similar to Breaking Bad that we might actually see them turned into a cinematic experience? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think, you know, Barb talked a lot about where we're at now insofar as our experiences with consuming media and entertainment. And I I think that that's a really important thing to factor into this particular question because, you know, characters always typically started in films. Mm. And then it would be like, okay, well, now they're going to have books or they're going to have comic books or maybe a TV show. And I feel like it's switching. Mm. It's it's being reversed because of the consu- the consumable mentality of people wanting to be home, wanting to binge. You know, I I pay this much per month. I don't want to wait. Like that's yeah. it, that's kind of and I get that. We do that. <laughs> and you know, my my love for things like Stranger Things has just you know, grown mm. exponentially because yeah. I'm able to just sit down all of July 4th and blow off my family and watch that show. Yes. <laughs> and, Independence Day. Yes. It really was. <laughs> and, you know, but then on the other hand, I think the content has to speak for itself mm. and holding off and going week by week by week also builds something incredible as a fan consuming this content. So like Game of Thrones, it was... It was agony waiting seven days in between each episode mm, after yeah. I started, you know, I got on the Game of Thrones train. But yeah, yeah, it, I, I see it more as this is the way people consume. And if this character is received well enough in bingeable or weekly content, then the mm. studios might take a closer look and be like, OK, can we market this character into their own totally. movie or series totally. or trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's a good insight on that. You know what's interesting too in regards to that, when it comes to the time that we spend watching stuff. As a <laughs> fan, there was a part of me that was admittedly disappointed when it was announced that you know that the Mandalorian, as an example, is going to come out once a week, yeah. and likely mm-hmm. to be the same for the other live action shows. And there's part of me as a fan, I was like, oh, and then but the other part of me as a podcaster, they went. Oh, Thank the Lord Jesus. Yes. <laughs> if we had to cover eight episodes like in one week to even give highlights, it'd be, that'd be too much. Um, yeah. So it is interesting that they're choosing to do this. And listen, I think it's smart from a, a streaming service-wise, if you're going to kind of put on the, the, the Disney mouse ears hat and look at it from their perspective, I think it's smart for several reasons to do that. Carl, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, when mm-hmm. we look at the storytelling that happens, so whether that's in the cinematic universe, whether it's going to be on the live action, whatever it is, but from a storytelling perspective, what do you think 
or what should I say, what will streaming do to enhance our love or understanding of the stories we see on the big screen? So we're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing on the mm-hmm. small screen, and then we're going to mm-hmm. see whether or not it's the same characters cross over to the cinematic universe. But how will it mm-hmm. improve our understanding, our view, our relationship, not only with the future cinematic products, but the past ones? Well, I think one thing that they can do is, is I guess, really show the motivations of the characters more clearly. Um, Now, that's not to say that it totally can happen because, you know, one of the big complaints of the last season of Game of Thrones is how quickly... I think, you know, that third episode where they fought the Night King, I think everything built up to that and you understood where all those different characters were coming from and all that was going on in that battle. And that was an amazing episode. And I think if they had maybe stopped there almost... All the episodes would have made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But then after that, when they kind of wrapped up the rest of the stories, they kind of seemed to just jump a lot of steps ahead. We didn't yeah. see the, mm-hmm. you know, we like, and I kind of had the same problem when I watched um, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You know, I could see why Anakin was going toward becoming Darth Vader, but they didn't really show it the step by step. It's like, here's a reason that can make him, you know, go, you know, turn to the dark side and we'll just jump to him turning to the dark side. I mean, when he like, you know, killed the younglings, I'm like, well, that's like way too, I understand he loves Padme. Um, and he doesn't want her to die, but my goodness, he turned quick on that. And so, you know, if you have eight episodes to do that, Mm -hmm. instead of just putting it in a, you know, two and a half hour movie, we could do incremental steps. And that's what, you know, you look at breaking bad, y'all mentioned breaking bad. Um, you know, Walter White is a totally different person at the end of that yeah. series than he is at the beginning. But you see every step yeah. of the yeah. way. You know, if you try to do the Walter White story in one movie or maybe even in a trilogy of movies, you're going to jump ahead. He's going to be like timid and, and frightened. And all of a sudden he's like just, you know, blowing people up. And it's like, wow, how yeah, did that happen? Yeah. So well, I think that's one way that the storytelling. But I think that's how the storytelling can be uh, improved and, and more impactful than being seeing it in a movie yeah, that's a great call and i think that right as viewers we're more sophisticated barb you mentioned this i, I think as a whole because there's so much content mm-hmm. not just talking star wars just content in general there's so much out there that i think that the average viewer is smarter than the average viewer of previous generations previous decades even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even want to come back to you with this, though, because, you know, we have, especially in, in Star Wars, we have this, this magical button called nostalgia. Yeah. And, you know, an, an entire Star Wars land is built upon it in so many ways. And I'm not here to say any one of the trilogies are any better than the others. We, we all have our favorites or our favorite moments or whatever else. But my question is a little bit larger than that. And that is, can these streaming live action shows that we're going to get can the runtime or how the stories are told or the characters they present do you think they can ever overcome that that nostalgia that we feel for whatever other area of star wars whether it's the original trilogy because we Mm -hmm. saw in the 70s whether it's the prequels because we saw it as as a kid in the 90s whatever Mm -hmm. Do do you think nostalgia can ever be overcome and i guess should it should it i think there's always room for for just creativity and 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 just content creation as a whole to replace something that we always thought would never be replaced mm. in in our in our hearts or whatever our 
you know, little thing that we lock away our fandom in. But, like, for me, for example, the original 1991 Beauty and the Beast was my favorite movie of all time. Mm. And then in 2017, the new one came out, and now that is my favorite movie of all time. Wow. That fully... Now, I still... I will always love the animated version because of the nostalgia and the memories I have attached to it, but the new one just... And I went into it thinking, oh, gosh, am I going to be just overwhelmed with they're not doing it like they should do it from Mm. my childhood? You know, all these negative feelings. And I went in fully expecting to just get whatever they give me. And it it just changed me. Like, Mm. it's Mm. it's my go-to movie in any situation. And I think that with these TV shows, that has the potential to happen for people because of again, what Barb mentioned about how we consume our content and mm. just the way cinema is moving. And, you know, it has a lot to do with economy and prices and everything else, but also because of representation, which is a really big thing that needs to be addressed ongoing and constantly. Mm. And I think that these TV shows have a really great opportunity to do that. So for a lot of people, it will replace not replace, but it will kind of slide into that spot where they thought, oh, this this will never, you know, take up that space in my little lock blocks heart for Luke Skywalker or mm. or, you know, the Tauntauns. But but it could. <laughs> like uh, it it very well could. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's there's something to that though, and let's continue down that path a little bit. Mm-hmm. Barb from your perspective. You know, we we started off the show talking about Disney Plus and how if you got on board with the deal, it's roughly it's less than four dollars a month, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't, it's still a, a smashing good deal, especially if you're comparing it to the cost for other streaming services out there. On a per episode basis, it brings the price way way down. Talking about per live action Star Wars episode, right? So okay. We'll look at the first year or so, and we know at least within a year's time, we're probably going to have roughly, what, 24 episodes of something. If we look at eight for The Mandalorian, eight for Obi-Wan, eight for Cassian Andor. Mm -hmm. Total speculation on my part, but we're just kind of playing with those numbers. So if we look at that, we're bringing the cost per episode, not even including everything else you get with the channel, right? But just per episode for live action Star Wars is, is roughly two bucks per episode. Whereas if you go to a movie, depending on where you're at, right, it's anywhere from $10 for the matinee on up yeah do you think ultimately that disney plus is going to be the better bargain for star wars fans it's such a hard call because i think i think first off if you're if you're a star wars fan and with the content that's coming out on disney plus it's like how can you say no to mm. Disney Plus, yeah, with yeah. with the price that yeah. they're offering, totally, they're, they're going to you know jack up the price to about a hundred dollars a year after that three year commitment. But go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> who's to say that they yeah. they you know I read the whole small print and it said that after the three years it yeah. will be sixty nine ninety nine a year. Yeah. So you know they're still saying in three years it's only going to be sixty nine ninety nine. But yeah. I mean, my point is if. If you're even somewhat of a Star Wars fan and you're excited about The Mandalorian and these other series that are coming out, yeah. it's like, why would you not get Disney Plus? Mm. In my opinion. Yeah. I, I realize that there's reasons, but it it does raise a good point that, you know, for the cost of going to see a Star Wars movie, one movie for two hours, 
you can see an entire season seasons yeah. of Star Wars live action series that could really delve even deeper than I see I hate to say that because the experience of episode 9 is unmatched to a series mm-hmm. of 8 episodes. You oh. know, it's it's not like we're comparing two things that cuz because as Star Wars fans, we're still going to go and see Episode Nine. Well, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, I want to come back to that in a second, but I think that yeah. that's the other thing coming off of some of the air quotes turmoil of the Last Jedi. If there's a bad episode, people are going to get over it, right? Because there's another one a week away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a movie that doesn't jive with people for whatever reason, the wait is usually a little bit longer. <laughs> and if they don't like Episode Nine, well, then they're really shit out of luck because that's it, baby. Curtains closed. That's all, folks. Well, I mean, that's what happened with uh, Solo, right? There was all these people that just boycotted it because yeah. of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was completely ridiculous because it was a fantastic film. Exactly. Yeah. And if and if you don't like it, get over it and yeah. watch the next episode, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you're saying for the TV series. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just hard when you're when you're talking about price comparison because... Because the experiences are so different. And you're talking about the price when you're only looking at the Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. And I've got three kids, and there's a lot more than oh, just absolutely. the Star Wars absolutely. series absolutely. to make it worth absolutely. it. Absolutely. No, I mean, obviously, we talk about Star Wars film versus mm-hmm. all of Disney+. Plus. We can't compare that. Yeah. I'm curious. And, Carl, let me throw this to you. Do you think with – here we go – with streaming service. You know, George Lucas talked about this years ago about the ability to, like, stream things into the home. And we're just like <laughs> – gonna happen and we're just like <laughs> oh which one of us doesn't have something that streams into our house now? um yeah so so let me ask this though with streaming being a reality with it being mm-hmm. so affordable with quite frankly mm-hmm. you can you're only limited by your own budget right you can go buy a great tv a great surround sound a comfy couch chair whatever i mean you can set the lights on, lights off. Heck, probably the best part of it is you can press pause and go to the bathroom whenever you need to. That yeah. being said, do you think that we are headed for a way? Should we be headed for a way where actually this becomes the primary form of entertainment and going to the theater becomes something distant and old-fashioned and weird, things that parents did when they were young? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think we do, and it is partly because you can get such um, good entertainment at home yeah. through streaming. That's what but it's she all said. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, but also because uh, I'll just pick right up where I was. Um, <laughs> also because you know the th- I, I don't know you know the theater seemed to be struggling, and it's partly because of that, but partly because people only want to go to the movies now to see the big budget um, blockbusters as it is. So um, if, if the smaller movies kind of lose a, a foothold at the theater uh, or people would just rather see them at home because you don't need a giant screen to see it in a great sound system, yeah. then that I think the theaters are going to struggle. And if the theaters struggle, then, you know, if you're only having, you know, a blockbuster come out every three or four months, well, what's going to be playing on those screens in the meantime if yeah. there's nothing else out there? So I think theaters are going to, are having trouble, uh, uh, are going to have trouble staying open as big as they are now. They may shrink down and there still may be something there. But I think that, um, that, you know, places, people like Disney too can also, you know, it's a hundred percent, 
of the prophet. They in, and they almost kind of get that now when the the movie goes to the theater. But you know now they don't even have to worry about you know keeping the theater owner happy with how much money they're making. They could just it's all theirs, and they don't really have to worry about it going to the theater. So I think it is going to replace the theater. Well, and see, that's going to be super interesting to me because talking about like numbers and stuff, when we look at total subscribers, I haven't seen anything yet that says how many people actually signed up for this early bird special. But it'll be interesting. You talk about costs for Disney. We'll see if it carries the load on November 12th. Because you can darn well bet that if the servers crash, people are going to lose their collective <laughs> minds. It's going to be like oh, genocide yeah. on Naboo all over again. Um, <laughs> hi, Barb. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Barb, I'm actually I'm going to bring it back to you. Not the genocide yeah. part, but the streaming part. Um, Barb, would you pay to watch... Gungan genocide. <laughs> I <knew> your... <laughs> <laughs> the look I'm getting right now is frosty as oh. an Ontario winter. Um, <laughs> here's the real question, Barb. When it comes to when it comes to Disney streaming, you know the Disney parks had some funkiness over the past year. We, they've had consistent price hikes over the last several years. They had their biggest hike in the last two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm. We, of course, had to have reservations. You had to stay at a Disney property when Galaxy's Edge opened in Anaheim. I'm not sure how it worked in Orlando. There's a chance, I'm assuming, that they may open other Galaxy's Edges across the globe at some of their other properties. We have a Star Wars interactive experienced hotel coming online soon, right? We've got a Disney cruise line that has Star Wars theme on it. Do you think that this streaming service because of its price is actually going to be something that's super important to Disney, not just as a revenue generator, but it's going to keep star Wars accessible for fans that can't take the family to galaxy's edge. Can't afford the Disney cruise and all those other things that we'd probably like to do, but we have this thing called responsibilities or low paychecks. <laughs> Speaking for me and my <laughs> teacher friends out there. Well, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I feel like we're a little skewed living in California where we could actually drive to Disneyland, but that's not the majority of the world. And the majority mm. of the world doesn't get to experience yeah. Disneyland, Disney World, wherever they yeah, live. Right. You know, when when I was when I lived in Canada, Disney was a luxury, like a big luxury that most yeah. I never had. I yeah. had it once as a kid. Wow. And that was amazing to have even had that. Yeah. And so to have Star Wars accessible to everybody on this Disney Plus service is, is absolutely going to keep the fandom going that can't experience yeah. the hands-on stuff that Disney is offering at these different theme parks. Right. Um, and even, like, it, it's almost like Star Wars is, is saturating any anything Disney. Like, even on a, a Disney cruise, they're going to have the Star Wars stuff. And I, I've never been on a Disney cruise. I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford it. I've yeah. never been on a cruise, period, yeah. because I, I can't afford that. And, you know, I like I said, the only reason I've been to Disney as many times as I have is because of proximity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Disney Plus is definitely making it, even for the people that don't go to the theater as often as others yeah. or you know, might not even, the prices are outlandish now, might not be able to afford it. Um, you know, granted you still have to pay for Disney plus, but it, it's definitely going to make it more accessible. Well, you and I have a friend that just got back from galaxy's edge and mm-hmm. he took his daughter for four or five days, I think. 
And he said, you know, detail wise, it's just it's amazing how in detail it is. And there's so many little, little, little details that they paid attention to. You yeah. Know, that meaning that the Imagineers. And he also said, it's a really nice looking mall. <laughs> and, and you think yeah. about it, you know, I, I think that he said, and I know it's been reported elsewhere as well, but that if you wanted to create your own lightsaber, that's a minimum of a $200 experience. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. do that. So do you want roughly four years of Disney Plus streaming service, or do you want one lightsaber that's going to be dusty in the back of a closet within a month? Well, exactly. And and with the price point of Disney Plus and what you're getting, I'd much rather have that than a lightsaber. Right. Right. Yeah, me too. I think most of us probably would. Let me ask Eve, let me ask you this. When it comes mm-hmm. to the stories that we're going to get that are going to be live action, maybe even if we get some Star Wars animated stuff on Disney Plus at some time, but do you think that it's going to allow Disney and the Star Wars franchise to actually, I guess, take more of what's happening in real life Mm. And and bring that out in in a, in a cultural way. In other words, are they going to be culturally sensitive as far as like this is happening in the real world? Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to portray that through the Star Wars galaxy. You know, for those mm-hmm. of you that you know know anything about Star Wars, you know that when George Lucas wrote the original, that the Empire was really the United States during mm-hmm. the Vietnam mm-hmm. War and a distrust of government and all those other things. He talks about the Ewoks being like the the Viet Cong in in the Vietnam War, and we even talked a few weeks ago, several episodes ago now, about technology and versus nature, and that mm-hmm. was a big theme in Return of the Jedi. So, from your perspective, Eve, do you do you see that being a place where Disney slash Star Wars can really kind of make things again? I'm using air quotes, but <laughs> culturally relevant. Absolutely. I think even the Mandalorian trailer, that that little bit that we've gotten so far, it felt so real mm. just from a like a human living on Earth perspective. Yeah. Like, you know, the locations and the costumes and everything else going on is what is Star Wars. But from the aesthetic point of view, it felt like this could be, you know, somewhere in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I have... I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen, but I think just based off of Giancarlo Esposito's character and his moral ambiguity, I think the little trickles that we've been getting definitely speak to real-world issues mm. and 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 cultures and what's going on on the planet and not just, you know, in our little kind of bubble of home wherever we are. And do you think that that's, again, I don't know if this is the right word or not, but it's what I'm going to use. Do you, do you think that that's appropriate you know so many folks push back against star wars lucasfilm under the disney umbrella about being sjw social justice warriors and (laughs) they're they're perverting the gospel of george lucas and i'm trying to sound like an angry middle-aged white man um yeah (laughs) large largely because i am but for different reasons um and so do you think that this is the appropriate vehicle to do that I do. I think if you have a voice loud enough, you should use it for appropriate issues. And if you don't, just because you're afraid of people bitching and complaining that it's not this fantasy land of unrelatable, unidentifiable issues, that's go sit down. Like watch, you know, some, what is it? I don't. I see. I've never even heard of it. Dark Crystal just came out, but my mm-hmm. brother in law is all about it, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's like puppets and blah blah." And I'm like, "Cool, have fun." But yeah. like, <laughs> I just <laughs> sorry, everyone, if you like that. But 
I just, there are so many other things that you can watch that take you completely out of yourself. And mm. Star Wars has never been the thing that has claimed to do that. You just mentioned George Lucas pulling from America being the, you know, essentially the Empire. And right, right. Ewoks and everything else. Like, that has always been present. So if it was completely removed just for the sake of pleasing the people who complain, the basement boys, throwback. Wow. Then that would feel disingenuous yeah just overall i think i mostly agree with that and so just to clarify my comments earlier yes i'm an angry middle-aged white man but it has <laughs> nothing to do with social justice wars my anger comes from other places other places um do you need to talk about it <laughs> um yes is now a good time um let me ask carl let me ask you this when mm -hmm. it comes to the streaming service you know this was even mentioned before Disney Plus was even mentioned publicly. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. At one point, Bob Iger and I believe even Kathleen Kennedy had come out and said, like, we're going to have a Star Wars movie every year from now <laughs> till eternity. Mm -hmm. And you can judge if I was trying to mimic Bob Iger's voice or Kathleen Kennedy's voice. But <laughs> the, the genesis of the question is this, is with streaming, with the three or more live action mm -hmm. Shows that we're going to get, plus these other trilogies, movies that we talked about earlier with Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss. Are, are we headed towards saturation? Are we going to get to a point where we're like, oh, do, I, do, I, do, I, do we need more Star Wars? And it's hard for me to even vocalize that question. <laughs> well, the first thing I'll say is the voice. Um, I think you, kind of like in the Dark Crystal when the Skeksis and the Mystics kind of were merged back into one. I think you were actually merging Bob Iger's and yeah. uh, Kathleen Kennedy's you. voice. You nailed it. Thank you. You, you Totally called me out on that. Oh, yes. Um, okay, this this question, this is my pet peeve. This question drives me crazy. You know, we can't, we, we can't have enough Star Wars. There cannot be too much Star Wars. I mean, if, if I mean, it's like saying there's too much ice cream. You know, it's like <laughs> I might feel sick after I ate too much ice cream, but I still loved it, you know, yeah, and I still yeah. want more. You know, yeah. I might go like, oh, I need to take a break for a second. But, um, you know, I... You know, if if I don't know, they, you can't have too much, and I don't think they can oversaturate it. You know, as long as the quality's right, there's it is such a big galaxy. You could have so many shows that are tonally and visually so different, and it still be Star Wars. So, um, I, I want as much as possible as as, as soon as possible. Uh, because, you know, you and I remember the days, and a lot of people out there remember the days of when, you know, it's just a vast desert of, of nothing. If go back to the first question you asked me, something old, what would I get rid of? I would get rid of the vast, giant void they have between Return of the Jedi and uh, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Take that out and yeah. put some actual more Star Wars in there. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be with you. I, I, want, I want to come to the rest of the panel on this. I'm obviously, this is something I'm wrestling with, but. Barb, when I started asking Carl the question, you started nodding your head like, yes, that's where we're headed. Next stop. Yeah. Oversaturation. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that? Well, it's it's like a, a hidden fear of mine because yeah. I love... As opposed to genocide, which is oh, right out there for everyone. Shut up with that, okay? It's um, not even a fear. It's like kind of a goal. <laughs> so I think that... Cause as my, I love Star Wars, I and I love everything that they give us with Star Wars. And my fear is not for myself not liking the saturation of Star Wars. It's that 
that there might be a majority of people out there that would get over it mm. and then they would stop and then i'd be like wait i still need my star wars why are you guys ruining it for the rest of us mm. kind of thing mm. and that's and that's more my fear i don't think they could give me too much for me because there's already a lot of star wars content that i don't partake in because yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's a lot there's too much yeah um i don't read the comic books i don't read all of the fiction that come out comes right. out for star wars right. but does that mean that i'm not as much of a fan as the next person or does it mean that i love star wars less no it just means that i know what i like what i want to watch and what, like i didn't watch resistance mm. and mm. i from the sounds of it it might have been a really great show or it might not have been and i don't have an opinion because i haven't seen it yeah but i'm not dying to see it i am dying to see episode nine i am Mm. dying to see the mandalorian so when it comes to this saturation of star wars fans can pick and choose Mm. they and they can still be a star wars fan and not watch something but Mm -hmm. um but my fear is that there will be so much that people will be like okay enough star wars already and then they'll slow it down like that seems to have already happened Mm -hmm. with some some of the backlash of solo quote unquote not doing as well as they thought it would yeah, which it right. still did amazingly well right you know and <laughs> you know we thought we were going to get a boba fett movie and we didn't but i mean the mandalorian looks way better anyways so <laughs> so it's just you know i don't want so much out there that it's going to ruin it for me when yeah. people start complaining about yeah. it yeah Okay, so say more, Eve, because I was coming to you next, so <laughs> say more. I don't know if I can. I just completely agree. I People have the capacity to d- discipline themselves and to restrain to what they want. So if you are the... But unle- there, I know there are people out there. My brother-in-law is one of them. I love him dearly. But if there's a, something that he's interested in, like, he's a completionist. And he mm. needs to do every bit, like, of a game mm. or a book or, or something. But... yeah. Yeah. But he he knows like he knows what he loves with Star Wars and he picks and chooses. And then so his pool is not muddied and he doesn't feel that sense of overwhelm or this mm. is too much or and and everyone has the capacity to do that. So if it's overwhelming for you, just dial it back to what you love. Yeah. It's exactly. it's very simple and then everyone else can still get what they want, what they need or hope for if people just learn how to I guess time management <laughs> is what it comes down to. But well, and I think that there's this this hidden message with those who would say that we're headed towards saturation. And listen, saturation can happen. It can happen in a variety of reasons for a variety of causes. But I think what the unspoken often is, it's not so much there's too much of it, but at some point things become watered down and they're just not as good so there's this Mm. whether it's reality or whether it's a false reality it's this idea that more doesn't always mean better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i I think that right the question maybe is more to the point of so long as the writing continues to be compelling Mm -hmm. should we get all the star wars that we can possibly take in should we be putting our mouths over a fire hydrant and just (laughs) <laughs> taking in as much as we possibly can. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and nobody wants the quality to wane because of the quantity. And mm-hmm. I think, in you know, in my opinion, I think the quality has actually gone up significantly. 
wow, in really? the last few years. Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with that said, I'm not, and oh gosh, here comes more adding, but I am not that excited about the Cassian Andor series. And wow. yeah, I'm really excited about The Mandalorian. I'm over the moon about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'll probably start watching a bit of Cassian Andor and hope that it sticks. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to feel bad about not watching it. Like I don't feel bad about not watching Resistance. Yep. Carl, do you have some, I guess, comeback with for that? Oh, I would just say, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Devin, that, um, you know, because movies are so there's so much space between them and they're they're so focused as far as the attention of the Star Wars fans that if something doesn't go right <laughs> everybody gets grumpy about it and they're like oh let's go I didn't want that one anyway and and as y'all mentioned solo kind of suffered because of that but I think if you put that in the the scope of the series um if somebody sees one they don't like they can like you said, they think, oh, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to jump off. They kind of feel like maybe, well, that's okay. I can jump off this one because I know I got something coming up, and I don't have to complain that this is my one shot to have Star Wars right now, and it, and it's not for me, and now I got to wait a long time. Mm. So I think that helps that as far as people not necessarily feeling overwhelmed. And two, I think that you know the one of the biggest problems that we still have are uh, uh, diversity of voices and p- the stories being told, uh, and. And so the more shows you have on Disney Plus, then the more options you have for having different voices. And they need to put those. They don't need to keep having more shows and keep having the same type of people do them. They need to have new shows and have different people with different voices and different uh, points of view to have those shows. And the thing about that is if if one comes out and it kind of is a bomb, if people don't like it. They could just wash their hands of it, move on to the next one. So I think it's yeah. easier to do that too because it's not like, well, we got to wait two years for the next movie to come out. Yeah. They can kind of go, well, we've got two or three others in the works, and and we'll drop this one and we'll we'll get something else going. So I think that um, there's lots of positive to having a lot of it, and and some people may feel overwhelmed if you are a completionist, like Barb said. Yeah, you could be totally. Or I'm sorry, as Eve said, you could be totally overwhelmed by it and, and feel like you get burnt out. But I think enough people can just look at it and say. Um, it's given me a lot of different choices, and I, I love Star Wars, and so I lo- and I tasted this, and I don't necessarily like it, but I've I've got three other things. I'm glad they tried four things because I like three of them, and and I hope they keep doing that. No, I think that's really well said, Carl. And I think you know the other thing that comes to mind. We we talked about Breaking Bad earlier. Look, with Disney and Carl, you kind of touched on this too, as far as Disney owning the rights to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, who's who's to say that we're not going to get feature length movies on Disney Plus that are Star Wars? Yeah, like there's mm-hmm. nothing stopping that. And in fact, even though the price is different as far as the subscription fee versus going to take the family to the theater, it'd be interesting to know how that breaks down for Disney, where their profit mm-hmm. margin is, and if they would actually yeah. potentially have greater profit by adding more people subscribing to the Disney Plus. I don't know. I am mm-hmm. so curious after this weekend of the early subscription for three years. Yeah, how much money Disney made just in people purchasing yeah the mm-hmm. three-year subscription oh well i yeah. I, I really want to know the answer to I'm, that. I'm sure bob Iger is probably buying coffee for everyone <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's got to be in the hundreds of millions if not more right mm. i mean i would think so mm. but but i don't know it'll be interesting i'm sure we'll get some type of of sources reporting what what that may look like okay here here's our final question for our closer look tonight i'm just going to go around really quickly and barb will begin with you you can only choose one, cinematic experience or streaming. What are you going to go with? 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was going to go with one, and then I'm like, but no. For, Which one has genocide? For <laughs> Star Wars. Yes, for Star Wars. This is a Star Wars podcast. Yes. <laughs> Unmistakably genocide. Oh, that's <laughs> such a hard question because we've got episode nine coming out. I, I mean, I have to see episode nine. I cannot. Yeah. All right. So if your husband were to take back the birthday present then, but you get to go see episode nine. Okay. Well, since this is hypothetical, then yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. That, uh, all right. All right. Carl, how about you? Um, I'd say streaming. And if you, you kind of look at when Netflix did Daredevil and Daredevil was like a low level, um, you know, Marvel character who kind of has superpowers, but not really. And they really played them down in the in the show that same year, like Ant-Man came out in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. But all everybody talked about was Daredevil yeah. and uh, just because yeah. it was just so intense for 12 episodes. And so I would say uh, streaming Eve. Oh, I for Star Wars, I have to go cinematic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it looks like our panel's going to be split because I'm going streaming all the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it meant you couldn't see the last episode of the Skywalker series. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. Because I almost wanted to take back my answer because because of what streaming has meant like show like yeah, show wise totally. and content wise yeah. and I think mm-hmm. I've gotten more out of it than I've gotten out of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Ah, I, I think it's a good question, but I'd I'd be I'd be willing to forego the conclusion of nine in order to Yeah. See mm-hmm. what's happening on streaming. Wow. Ah. I know. Say it again backwards. Just jaw <laughs> on the floor. Wow. Hey stick around, Tauntauns. We'll be right back with uh news and notes from across the galaxy. We're not done yet. (laughs) Wow, we got some laughter in the background. Laugh tracks, laugh tracks. (laughs) All right, Eve, if you can compose yourself, what Mm. is happening in the galaxy this week? Okay, well, so we have a new network partner that we've been talking about. It is Brad Whipple from Friends of the Force Pod. He is amazing, and we are so happy to have him on board. Please go follow, like, subscribe, give all the thumbs up, and review Friends of the Force Pod. You can find them on Twitter and I'm assuming Instagram, but definitely iTunes and all of your podcast providers. So check them out. Leave him some love. They're amazing. Be sure to join us for episode two freaking hundred. It is two episodes away now, and we are planning some stuff. It's going to be amazing. And in my notes, I'm going to read it. In my notes, it says a day long remembered. Mm. So whatever that means, it will mean Be sure to join us for that. We are all excited. If you missed the August Patreon Google Hangout, fret not, my friends. We have another one coming in September, so be sure to call or text us stuff that you would like to discuss with us. And you can do that by emailing us at unmistakablystarwars at gmail.com or calling us at 
1977. And please come hang out with us because we wake up really in the morning to do it and we want to see your beautiful faces. Yeah, and we obviously we want to take into consideration the time zone that you may be in. So let us know, too. We might just kind of have to put up a, a rotating schedule of time zones. So we make sure to include all of our awesome patrons. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, we want to thank our patrons for their generosity and kindness. If not for them, my goodness, I don't know. We certainly wouldn't be at episode 200. But here we are because of them. So to you, we thank Brandon Boylan, Derek DuVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandine, Matthew Keegan, who, by the way, listeners, has got even more phone calls about some of the (laughs) things that he has written that uh, may be on a big screen near you and I. Or who knows? Maybe they'll be on Disney Plus streaming service. We don't know yet. We'll find out. Chris Letty, Neil Lowry, Kyle Russell, Regina Sanders, Connie Shee, Aaron Sinner, Skip. Skipped in. Krista Smolinski, welcome back, kid. We missed you. <laughs> Franklin Taylor, Rick Villanueva, Mike Award, and as always, the always fabulous Amy Wishman. And Amy, I have to completely confess, I've been meaning to reach out to you about your thoughts on C-3PO's red eyes. Red <laughs> eyes. So uh, you and I are going to need to have a, a little DM combo on this. I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity and kindness. It truly does help us put together some programming that hopefully is something that you look forward to each and every week. That being said, the circle is now complete, my little tauntauns. We will see you next time in the Digital Docking Bay. And until then, may the Force be with you. Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. This party's over.